0: A shooting at Lakewood Church in Texas, a series of earthquakes that have spawned across the United States of America, and the first AI child has been created, and I'll let you guess who created it. We're going to talk about these things and much more on today's Prophetic Viewpoint. Let's get after it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of In Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, guys? It is Monday, February 12th, and we want to welcome you to the broadcast. This is In Time Headlines, and this tonight is our viewpoint segment. I am your host, Ricky Scopero, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of In Time Headlines. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast. If this is your first time joining us, let us know in the comment section below whatever platform you may be listening from and where in which you can comment. Let us know that you are new and let us know where you guys are joining us from. We'd love and appreciate to hear from you. Also, if you're a regular viewer, we welcome you as well. And again, a couple of things, guys, we want to talk about before we get to our main course of what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to encourage you again. It is imperative. That you download our free app. Listen, if you guys are coming from Facebook, you will be aware of this past weekend, our Facebook page got hit with yet another strike. We're now in the red zone. Basically, we are at the verge of getting our page completely taken down on Facebook. So if you are from Facebook and you enjoy our content, I, again, we can't even stream there anymore because they keep pulling it down and they've restricted us from streaming, So the next step, guys, is completely taking us down. So if you want to keep up with our content, you want to stay informed, download our free app available on Apple and Android devices. Download it today. Hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to be good to go and squared away, and you won't miss any headlines when we share them. Now, listen to me. If you like the social media aspect, Coming together with other saints and fellowship and gathering and talking and having communion with them, on these platforms. Again, we have that right here in our Rumble community. Or uh, excuse, well in Rumble, yes, but we have it in our YouTube uh, in the YouTube chat. We see a lot of you guys that came from Facebook and you're here. So I want to encourage you: if you if somehow you're on Facebook, you're not joining us yet. Come over here, please come and join us. Also, Telegram. We do have a Telegram page. End time headlines. uh, We'll provide the link for you here in the description. All this, if you want to come and join us, go and find us there on Telegram, uncensored. They won't, again, we don't worry about that stuff over there because they don't bother us. So that's why I want to tell you there's alternatives outside of Facebook. So just wanted you to be aware of that. You need to be informed of what's going on, and we want to keep you up to date. And the best way to do that is. Again, is get our app and come on over here and join us where we are. All right, guys, we got a lot to cover today, and uh, I love going. Uh, you know, I thought about this with this whole Facebook thing, and they just really ticked me off over the weekend. And I started thinking about it's like, you know what? I want to, I want to take us back, and I kind of want to revamp some stuff here with the End Time Headlines. We're going to go back to our roots. And I kind of I like this old school format of how we used to do things. This is how the way we're doing this today. This is how we did when we launched back in 2010. When we first started this thing, this is what we did. We went up. We would take an hour segment and we would discuss hot topics from a prophetic perspective. So this is what we're doing today. How many listen if you're in the chat group. And on YouTube, under the chat group, how many of you guys have been with us since 2010? Let me know. 2011, 2012. You will remember that. We used to do this every day. We'd come on and we would give you these insights and we'd give you commentary from events going around the world. This is what our entire ministry is is based on. Now, we're going to still encourage and equip and do the exhorting messages throughout the week and this and that. But I, I really like this kind of format. So we got a lot to cover today, so just get comfortable, get you a cup of coffee, get you some tea, get you some uh, your dr- uh, soft drink or uh, some snacks or whatever you want to. And, 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 and we're going to talk about some stuff today. We got a lot to cover. First thing I want to do, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is this shooting at Joel Osteen's church.
1: Terrifying moments at a Houston church today. One person is dead and two others are injured in a shooting at Mega Church Lakewood. This is what the scene looked like this afternoon. According to Houston police, it was shortly before two this afternoon when the shooter, who was with a small child, entered the church with a long rifle and began shooting. The church was in the middle of a live stream service when shots could be heard going off in the background. Off-duty officers returned fire, shooting the suspect who died at the scene. The child who was with her was hit as well, and she is currently in critical condition. A man in his 50s was also shot and is being treated at a local hospital. At a media briefing, which wrapped up about a half hour ago, Houston Police Chief Troy Finner praised the off-duty officers.
2: I want to commend those officers. She had a long gun. And it could have been a lot worse, but they stepped up and they did did their job. And I want to thank them for that.
1: Governor Greg Abbott issuing the following statement, saying, quote, Our hearts are with those impacted by today's tragic shooting and the entire Lakewood Church community in Houston. Places of worship are sacred. I have been in contact with Mayor Whitmire and offered the full support and resources of the state of Texas to help this community and help bring swift justice to the criminal. committed this heinous act.
0: So what did the authorities find? That's what I want to show you today. Now I'm going to show you this clip and I find it interesting because I have not really heard anything about this on the mainstream media, but this is from CBN News. Check this out.
2: This video shows a Spanish broadcast from Lakewood Church shortly before an afternoon service, then the shooting began. Houston police say a woman in her early 30s and wearing a trench coat entered Lakewood Church with a rifle and a backpack and immediately opened fire.
0: I was just walking uh, up the stairs, and when, it got, when I got on the top, like, he started, they started shooting. I don't know, like, I just heard, but it was, like, more than 10 shots. They were repetitive, boom, 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 boom,
2: boom, 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 boom. And I yelled, Mom! Two off-duty police officers working at the church shot and killed the attacker. A young boy between four and five years of age who was with the female shooter was hit by gunfire and was listed in critical condition overnight at a Houston-area hospital. A 57-year-old man in the church was shot in the leg and is also being treated. That female, that suspect, put that baby in danger. I'm going to put that blame on her. Police say before the shooter died, she claimed to have a bomb, but officers say no explosives were found. Pastor Joel Osteen praised the swift actions of law enforcement and said the church is praying for the victims and the shooter's family. Now look
0: guys, whether you like Joel Osteen or not, that's not that has no bearing on this, but thank God that no one, you know, this could have got a lot worse is what I'm saying. We know there was injuries, but thank God that no one else died. It, this could have been a whole lot worse than what it turned out to be and you know again whether you like joe lowstein or not thank god come on somebody we you, you got to agree with that
3: devastated we're gonna pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased her family and all and And the other gentlemen, there are forces of evil, but the the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. So we're going to keep going strong and just, uh, you know, doing what God's called us to do, lift people up and give hope to the world.
0: Now, the one thing I find interesting is this title is kind of a clickbait. This is from CBN News, so I'm calling them out on it. It says, Free Palestine. See it right here? This is the headline. Free Palestine written on Lakewood Shooter's gun. Did you notice that nowhere in this report, you just heard it? Nowhere in this report did the journalist or the reporter ever mention this, but ABC News, among others, is talking about this. Now, here's, I'm going to pull up this article. Here it is, quote, Free Palestine was written on gun shooting at Lakewood Church, but motive remains a mystery. It always does, doesn't it?" it? Isn't it interesting that all the motives of these are always, quote, a mystery. The manifesto is a mystery. The manifesto is hidden. The manifesto cannot be made public. Again, we can bring up shootings and shootings and shootings, and it's always a mystery. The manifesto cannot be released. Let me read this quote. Free Palestine was written on the gun belonging to a woman who opened fire at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church in Houston, according to a law enforcement official briefed on the investigation. However, according to ABC News, here it is, a motive behind the Sunday afternoon shooting that injured two has not been determined. I mean, do we really need to take Sherlock Holmes and Sir Watson to come down there and crack this case? Is this such a mystery that we can't figure out what the motive was? Listen, I can't say it because then they'll take us down here on YouTube as well. But come on, most of us are discerning and we understand what the motive here was. Sources said investigators are feverishly going through the social media and writings belonging to the suspect who is believed to be Janessi, I, I don't know how you pronounce this name, Janessi Ivone, or however you pronounce that, Marino, 36 years of age. Let's go on down here. When Marino, Moreno entered the church, she was accompanied by a seven-year-old boy, which is it? Is it four, five, seven? Again, According to Houston police chief, the suspect opened fire. Now, again, what I'm noticing here when you scroll down and look at this article, nowhere in here does it tell you what I found when I did some more research. Now, look what Fox News put out on this quote Lakewood Church shooting suspect identified as a transgender woman
4: learning new information about the transgender woman. Police say open fire at Lakewood church. Houston police have identified that shooter pictured here as 36 year old Janice Moreno in a search warrant. She was ultimately shot and killed by police. And according to NBC news, she was carrying an assault style, style type rifle with the word Palestine written across it. Officials are investigating a wide range of possible motives as the investigation continues. This is believed to be the home of the shooter. She lived here in this small, quiet neighborhood in Conroe, more than an hour away from Lakewood Church, where police say she opened fire. The FBI, Conroe Police, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, Houston Police Department, and Texas Rangers were here for hours overnight. Investigators walking out of the home carrying boxes before they left. Church leaders say they had just wrapped up a service and were about to start their Spanish service when the shooting happened at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Police say the woman, in her early to mid-30s, walked into the church with a rifle, wearing a trench coat, and holding her 5-year-old son. They say she opened fire. An off-duty HPD officer and TABC agent working security returned fire. The five-year-old was shot in the head and a 56-year-old man in the leg, though it remains unclear if those victims were shot by officers or the suspect. Investigators say before the shooter died, she reportedly said she had explosives in her car, but nothing was ever found. The motive remains unclear. However, Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo is calling for investigators to look into if this was a hate crime since the Spanish service was set to start before the shooting happened.
0: Okay, so two important facts here that the mainstream media seems to be kind of wanting to sweep under the rug. One was what was written on the gun. And number two, that this was an individual identified as a transgender woman. Nobody, the mainstream media, other than a a couple fringe outlets, Fox News is a pretty big outlet. They're talking about this. But why isn't nobody talking about this? When 36 year old Marino was a man, they had a criminal history, including convictions for assaulting a police officer in 2009 and forgery in 2010. So isn't this interesting? Hmm. Just like, come on, just like the shooting that happened. What was it in? And in, uh, I want to say it was in Tennessee. Where that remained a mystery. The manifesto was remained a mystery, but then it was leaked. And then once it was leaked out in the public, everybody knew what we already knew that the mainstream media didn't want you to know, and they didn't want the information out there for everyone to know. So there's a couple things we can take away with this. Number one, we have been warned. They have warned us, guys, even the FBI, the CIA, the FBI director, uh, several uh, multiple agencies and outlets have warned that Christians... Christianity and houses of faith will become targets. We've known that we've talked about that. This has been in topics of discussion. Although this motive remains a mystery. Again, I think it's very interesting that they're again, once again, the mainstream media is doing what it does best and they want to sweep the Fox under the rug And while and they want to keep everything a mystery while they compile the narrative for you and then come back and give you their, quote, official narrative, because God forbid you would be a free thinker and think for yourself. So, again, those are some takeaways. Thank God nobody was no, you know, there was no other fatalities in this. No one in in Joel Osteen's church. Was killed and and again this could have been a whole lot worse. So I really do believe God was looking after a lot of people yesterday. All right. In other news, have you guys have you guys been paying attention to all the earthquake activity that's taken place across America in the past week or less? Actually, it's been less than a week. We've seen a lot of earthquake activity. For example, Oklahoma has been experiencing uh, constant earthquakes. Um, and this has been going on uh, for a while, but there's been an uptick and there's a a new warning has come out for Oklahoma. Let me show you this article. Now, we shared this on our main website. Experts say the recent Oklahoma earthquake is now alarming. Why is it alarming? Let's read a little bit of this. After a dramatic spike in earthquakes in the early 2010, state regulators in the state of Oklahoma began taking steps to limit the injection of wastewater from oil and gas extraction deep into the ground. That would be fracking. As a result, the number of earthquakes, particularly large ones, declined steadily over the years. However, a couple of large quakes in recent weeks, including a magnitude 5.1 over the weekend, that was one of the strongest in years, is a reminder of the danger After the last one shook an area dotted with such injection wells
5: goodness. Did you feel it? Maybe you even heard it. A 5.1 magnitude quake near Prague rocking Oklahoma late Friday night. The fifth largest earthquake ever recorded here in Oklahoma. Meteorologist Sabrina Bates, we've been talking about this. You spoke with the state seismologist about that quake today. And and he's just so, so knowledgeable on this subject. Now, Friday's earthquake happened in nearly the same location as the magnitude 5.7 earthquake back in 2011. Now, they've been observing seismicity on that fault since 20. There's been months with no activity, but overall, earthquakes have still been happening. Last year, there was a number of magnitude 3.0 or greater earthquakes nearby that area. The original 2011 earthquake is attributed to wastewater disposal. While the state seismologist tells me that is still part of the story this time, there's still more they are looking into because it's also along the Wilzetta Fault.
6: And so the question still remains, is this related to wastewater disposal that occurred Last week, is it related to wastewater disposal that occurred several years ago and you've activated the fault and, and you know, the faults never slowed down? We don't necessarily know. We, we are still continuing to investigate.
5: Now, Dr. Jake Walter told me that as of now, they aren't really sure if the recent earthquakes and level of activity are anything more than a coincidence that they've happened within a few weeks of
0: each other. The quake would be tied as the fourth strongest in the Oklahoma history if seismologists maintain the rating, according to Oklahoma Geological Survey data. What's causing the Oklahoma quakes? Determining the exact cause of any quake is difficult, but the general scientific consensus is that high-pressure injection of wastewater uh, activates ancient faults deep within the Earth's crust. This is interesting. Oh, come on. If you know your Bible, you'll know why this is interesting. Let me read this again. The general consensus of what's causing these earthquakes in Oklahoma. If I've got any people listening from Oklahoma, let me hear from you. Uh, Give me a wave or whatever in the chat. They say that these high pressure injections of wastewater activates ancient faults deep within the earth's crust. Now, why is that interesting? Because you got to go back to Genesis. You go back to Genesis chapter 1, and Moses reveals, because Moses is the one who wrote the book of Genesis, he reveals that when God brought the great deluge, the judgment of water upon the earth, there's two things that that's very interesting to me. Three things, actually. One is that I believe that the entire planet was one giant continent. It was not made up of many multiple continents, but it was one mass land. And then when this event took place, it broke apart and, and it, it has produced what we have now on the map or the globe and what we know is in, in the world. Okay, that's number one. Number two, but how did that happen? We'll get to that in just a second. Number two, it had never rained as we know it on the earth until. The judgment came, which wherein which water came from. Uh, watch this from the earth's inner inner core from the quote fountains of the deep. Sound familiar? And two, the heavens above were opened and it came down. So it went up and it came down. Okay. So and number three. So again, number one, I believe the entire <clears throat> the entire earth was one continent and it was broke apart through this through this event that is, again, that's been documented by all societies in on the earth. Number two is that it had never rained on the earth as we know it today. And number three, the scientist and humanity did not even know that there was such a thing called the fountains of the deep that existed until it was revealed. Now, it was revealed in the word of God thousands of years ago. But science has slowly caught up with the Bible and confirming what the word has already told us. And here we are, and I find it interesting that you see here that in this report that they are saying, again, their general consensus is that these ancient or these high pressure injection of wastewater activities are triggering ancient faults deep within the Earth's crust. Watch this, producing earthquakes. Wow. Now, something else I thought was interesting was, this is a weather reporter that you're looking at on your screen, and he pointed out in this most recent earthquake that took place, he he pointed out this strange anomaly that showed up on the radar, and, and you can see where he circled it, and then you have a center focal point, and you can see where all this... This strange anomaly that came and it came immediately following the earthquake. And again, here's a here's a little shot of this. And again, this is from the Weather Channel. Uh, This was spotted on radar shortly after Oklahoma earthquake. Meteorologist Ari Sarsalari, I don't know how you pronounce his name there, explains what was picked up on radar shortly after the Oklahoma earthquake on Friday night.
7: So I found something really interesting on radar that I wanted to share with you guys. You may have heard that there was an earthquake Friday night. It was a 5.1, happened a little bit east of Oklahoma City. And right at the time that that earthquake happened, all this stuff starts showing up on radar. Let me throw this into motion for you real quick. And you can see there's nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, boom, this radar scan is from three minutes after the earthquake happened. By the way, I put a red dot here where uh, the epicenter of the earthquake was. You know what the radar is actually picking up there? That's actually birds. Birds. They got jolted awake like a lot of people in their beds in this area uh, did as well. And, of course, the birds, they they went flying out of their roost when they got jarred by the earthquake. So I think it's just a really cool thing to see. You know, a lot of the times radar will see birds leaving their roost in the morning, and it kind of looks more like uh, just kind of a more organized situation in general. It kind of looks...
0: So why is that interesting? I think it's interesting because, again... When you go and you study, if you do like what we do, we keep up with earthquakes. We keep up with disasters. You go all the way back to the 2004, they call it the Boxing Day earthquake that struck Sumatra, uh, Indonesia. Uh, and those locations, over 200,000 people died. It was that tsunami that took place. This happened on, I think it was on Christmas Day or shortly after it, somewhere around there. Again, that was back in 2004 and everyone the eyewitnesses there said that uh, the animals could be seen they were running up they were the the birds were fleeing they were moving away from uh the the platelets that shifted under the o- uh, ocean the tectonic plates that shifted under the ocean that caused that tsunami that you could they, they said they could see the birds flying inward uh inland away from the the epicenter they There are others said that they saw other animals running away from the tsunami waves before they ever reached the land. Before anyone ever knew that there was a tsunami coming, the animals uh, was giving it away. The animals were sounding the alarm because they were running for higher ground. So even in the 1811, 1812 New Madrid quakes that struck the the, New Madrid fault line, Here in um, here in America, when that took place and it the epicenters, you know, was affecting Arkansas and Missouri. And it was felt, you know, for hundreds of miles upward and uh, even all the way up into Washington. And when that took place, eyewitnesses and you can go and research this yourself, eyewitnesses talk about how the animals reacted and how nature responded to these to the to the incident, to this. Earth to these earthquakes and these birth pangs is what I call them. Then you had the magnitude 4.6 Malibu earthquake that shook up Southern California from coast to inland areas. Again, this was back on February 9th, about three days ago. Uh, A magnitude 4.6 earthquake northwest of Malibu caused widespread shaking that was felt early on Friday afternoon from the coast to inland areas of Southern California. The quake was reported just before 2 p.m. at about 7 miles northwest of Malibu and the Santa Monica Mountains. More than a dozen aftershocks followed, the largest of which was a 3.0 and 2.7 magnitude, and they were reported within an hour in the same region. Shaking was reported throughout the greater Los Angeles area, possibly by as many as 12 million people that felt this. The quake was felt from L.A., Orange, and Be- Ventura County coast, including the South Bay and Long Beach.
6: Like there is a, always a chance, uh, and a pretty good chance at the outset, that the earthquake you just went through, this one in Malibu, is a foreshock to a much larger event that happens. Uh, the The... Potential for that drops rapidly over the next hour, um, and uh, and of course, if there's a very strong aftershock sequence, which it relates to the strength of the of the initial uh, earthquake, uh, you could have a fairly large earthquake, maybe not as much as 4.6, but in the fours. For example, in 1992, there was this 7.2 Lander's earthquake in San Bernardino County, and a couple hours later, that. That triggered another earthquake in Big Bear at 6.5. Both of those were very large earthquakes. Landers was very rural, so you didn't have a lot of people affected. Big Bear, much different. Uh, And I should point out, because... We've had enough earthquakes in the history of Southern California since we've been monitoring them and tracking them that today is the 53rd anniversary of the Sylmar earthquake. Uh, that was, uh, I believe, 6.6, 6.7, 6. Uh, about uh, uh, nearly, well, about uh, 60 people died in that earthquake. It, It trashed much of the San Fernando Valley and the Sylmar, you know, one of the major hospitals. I think Kaiser Permanente up there was severely damaged. Uh, That sort of triggered the modern effort to get um, everything up to date when it came to seismic engineering on all the buildings, not only in the San Fernando Valley, but throughout uh, the Southern California region. I will tell you something that seismologists won't say, though, they, and the people in in the business of trying to keep us safe. They will not say this on camera, but I know it. And that is they actually welcome an earthquake like this, and here's why. It's, it's big enough to shock people, but it's not big enough to do any damage. The big problem we have, they have, when it comes to people understanding That they live in earthquake country and prepare for it is a long period where there's no shaking. You stop thinking about earthquakes. Right. That's the problem. On occasion, they like to see one just to let people know, yes, we got to go and make sure we're stocked up, that we have water, a potential for a... um, uh, for, for a water supply independent of the city perhaps, uh, that we have the capability of lasting uh, for a while without help. Uh, in terms of our own little personal infrastructure, uh, and to uh, remind the policymakers and you know members of city council and planning commissions that yes, seismic engineering and making things uh, you know retrofitting uh, projects are need to be a
0: priority here 's and- another report: Southern California has been shaken by thirteen quakes over a span of twenty five minutes thirteen quakes over a span of 25 minutes of
6: earthquakes rocked parts of southern california overnight the u.s geological survey tracked 19 quakes over the course of about three hours all in the El Centro area. The largest was a 4.8 magnitude just after midnight. People reported feeling it all across San Diego. Then a 4.5 aftershock hit about six minutes later. Then they just kept on rolling in. Take a look at your screen. Every dot right there is a different earthquake that happened between midnight and 3 a.m. The largest one is the one in blue, right in the middle of the city. So far, there are no reports of injuries or any damage.
0: What this report. There was a magnitude 4.8 earthquake about two miles northwest of El Centro at 12.36 a.m. El Centro is a city in the Imperial Valley in the Southern California border region. The rattling continued until 1.01 a.m. when the 13th earthquake of the series that began less than a half hour earlier was documented. Officials said that the USGS's Shake Alert system estimated at least one of these quakes registered a magnitude above 5.0, triggering alerts to cell phones. The rapid cluster of earthquakes came two days after the 4.6 earthquake struck several miles northwest of Malibu. That's the one we just talked about. Authorities say that no damage or injuries has been reported. Dr. Lucy Jones, who a California quake expert, who is known as the Beyonce of earthquakes, that's not my uh, terminology, guys, that's what it actually says, told the news station KTLA, that's a local affiliate California, that there was a 5% chance of a larger quake in Southern California soon after, but it would not be connected to a larger 5.7 earthquake that shook the big island of Hawaii hours earlier on Friday. What is that about? Well, we're going to get to that. I want to show you this. Let me show you this latest map. Uh, This is, again, this is in California. This is all these earthquakes in this region that you see here on your screen. This is all the earthquakes that's taking place there. So there's a, uh, an earthquake swarm that's, that's currently happening on the west coast of the United States of America. And then, of course, just like the, they reported there, we had the magnitude 5.7 earthquake that rattled the Hawaii island, and it was felt across the state.
3: The 5.7 earthquake struck a big island, Hawaii, roughly 21 miles south of Hilo. There is no tsunami threat at this time. Some shaking could be felt in Honolulu on the island of Oahu, which is about 200 miles to the north. So for more, let's bring in our ABC News affiliate reporter, KTV, KITV reporter, Jeremy Lee. Jeremy, you were there uh, during the earthquake, of course. You're on that island. What was it like? What can you tell us about damage?
2: Sustained. You know, sometimes we get these kind of Uh,
3: earthquakes that last three seconds, four seconds, even north of Hilo where I live and I felt it, but this one just kept going. Nine seconds, ten seconds, you start wondering, should I even be indoors? I'm currently driving on Hawaii Island down towards South Point. Of course, uh, Kilauea, the volcano, is uh, to the south of Hilo. But even further beyond that is not Aleu, where it, the town nearest the epicenter. So we're going to try to – it's a remote town. We're going to try to find out who's there and uh, how, how they felt it there at the epicenter.
0: And, again, this also took place on Friday. So what am I – so this is what we're talking about, guys. A lot of earthquake activity over the last three days alone. Then you had this. This was on Thursday. A magnitude – now I'm going to give you this headline – a rare magnitude 4.0 earthquake was recorded off of Florida's east coast. Did y'all know this? Good afternoon to you. I'm Shannon Cake. First, we begin today with a rare earthquake recorded right
1: off Florida's coastline. The rumble felt from St. Augustine all the way down to Vero Beach. Take a look at this map by the U.S. Geological Survey showing the location of that 4.0 magnitude quake recorded last night. Data shows the earthquake occurred about six miles beneath the ocean floor. First alert, Chief Meteorologist Steve Wiggle joining us now has a little bit of expertise on this. Steve, can you explain the impact on the Treasure Coast last night?
3: Well, Shannon, we have hundreds of earthquakes that form uh, and uh, pop up across the uh, globe each day. Obviously, California is a very active area. Here are the earthquake spots, the epicenters in the last 24 hours. uh, You can see most on the Pacific are uh, through Southern California and into Northern Mexico. And then it gets pretty sparse. In fact, the only earthquake that has been reported in the last 24 hours on the East Coast, east of the Mississippi, was the one off the Cape. A little farther south, this is a very active weather. There's areas uh, that are too zones here, tectonic plates that rub together and a lot of earthquakes will form around Haiti and through the Dominican Republic. Here's the one that happened last night a little after 10 o'clock about 110 miles northeast of Vero Beach. Now there's a little bit of a mystery with this. I want to do a little show-and-tell. You know most earthquakes around the world form when two tectonic plates rub together. They get a little bit of friction, and then suddenly there's a jolt. That is the earthquake, and this is what Southern California deals with with the San Andreas Fault. This one's a bit of a mystery because there are no tectonic plates under this area. There have been reported earthquakes in the past in this area. Uh, Back in 2001, there was one off St. Augustine, but it is extremely rare.
0: And Again, if you're watching the visual of this, I want you to see this. This is where this quake took place. So you can see here is the state of Florida, and again, about 100 miles east of the coast of Cape Canaveral is where this magnitude, what was it, 4.0 earthquake that they call rare, it's in a rare event, that just took place off the coast of Florida. As of 11.35 a.m. on Thursday, 96 people we know of submitted felt reports to the agency. And according to CBS News, Miami's news partners at the Miami Herald, these reports came from witnesses across the space coast and places such as Melbourne, Palm Bay, and Satellite Beach. I found this interesting. A search of USGS records dating back to 1900 showed the region of the Atlantic Ocean where the quake occurred, where the Miami Herald found only one other earthquake in that area, which was only a 3.3 Uh, that happened on June 11, 2001 and centered about 86 miles off the coast of St. Augustine Beach. Think about that, guys. Since 1900, there's only been one other incident, and that happened in 2001. So, again, this is what the reason why I think this is intriguing. The reason why I think this is intriguing is Jesus said that one of the signs of the coming of the Lord would be that there will be great earthquakes in various places. Now, again, Matthew says there will be earthquakes in diverse locations or various places. Luke actually says that the Lord Lord spoke and said great earthquakes in various places. So two different angles. It's both talking about an increase, not only of activity, of seismic activity, but the intensity of earthquakes. Now, the reason why I'm saying this and I wanted to bring this out is because the argument will always be presented that we've always had earthquakes. But, friend, again, go back, look at the records, look at the intensity, look at the amount that's happening over the amount of years, over the last 20, uh, probably two decades, over the past 20 years, and you're going to see a steady stream uptick of not only the in, uh, intensity of earthquakes, but the, the amount of earthquakes, the activity of them alone has increased tremendously, which again implies to me that we are seeing the birth pangs of the Messiah intensify and increase in our lifetime. Now, here's another report that is noteworthy and newsworthy, I think, in, in, in regards to the context of what we're talking about. This was published just a few days ago. Consequently, on Friday, when all these quakes are blasting off here in the United States, look at this. This is from sciencealert.com. The tectonic plate under the Pacific Ocean is being torn apart. A new study, according to this report, a new study looking at four plate 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 plateaus rather in the Western Pacific Ocean suggests that these expansive areas aren't rigid slabs, but weak spots being yanked apart by distant forces at the plate's edge quote the theory the theory not carved in stone and we're still finding new things says university of toronto geophysicist uh who co-authored the study he said quote we knew that the ge- we knew that geological deformations like faults happen on the continental plate uh interiors far from plate boundaries but We did not know the same thing was happening to ocean plates. For decades, scientists have been rewriting their understanding of the seafloor. So this new study is just a continuum of their efforts to chart the ocean's rugged typography. Now, why is this? Why should we talk about this again, guys? The earthquake, two earthquakes in recent living memory in 2004. The Boxing Day Sumatra earthquake that took place in, what the, what is that, the Indian Ocean? The, that was two tectonic plates that shifted. And when it shifted, it produced enough power that it was like, I can't remember, I don't have my notes in front of me, but it was equivalent to so many Hiroshima or Hiroshima, everyone pronounces it, Hiroshima bombs. The energy that was expelled and released from these plate shiftings caused this massive tsunami. And between the earthquake and the tsunami, over 200,000 people perished from this across multiple locations. Some of these was over 3,000 miles away. Then in uh, 2011, when the Japanese quake occurred, that happened in the ocean, friend same thing, there was a platelet shift and it caused a tsunami and it it wiped out, again, thousands, tens of thousands of people in Japan. So when you read, when you read this stuff and you read these verses like, like 20, uh, Luke 21, 25, and it talks about that there will be, you'll see the seas and the waves roaring. This is exactly what they're depicting here. We're talking about these killer, massive tsunamis. That's why we're talking about this stuff, guys. So we need to be paying attention to what they're warning us and they're telling us. And we know, guys, we know this, that California, the fault lines there are ticking time bombs. But again, don't let's focus on the West Coast and the East Coast. But we have a ticking time bomb that's been asleep, the sleeping giant that has been hibernating. For several hundred years, and seismologists are warning that it 's not a matter of if but when the pneumatic fault line awakens again, and when it does, not if but when it does, and it produces any type of earthquake or earthquakes that are anywhere in comparison or related to uh, the quakes that happened in eighteen eleven and tw- eighteen twelve in that intensity, and that powerful If that happens again, or should I say when it happens again, the the amount of damage that will be produced is catastrophic. All right. Jesus said one of the he said there'll be plagues and pestilences in the last days. Did he not? He said these will be signs of the coming of the Lord. You will hear plagues and pestilence. You will see this. And and again, I always note this or always point this out is he didn't say a plague or a pestilence. He says it plural tense saying that there's going to be multiple plagues and multiple pestilences leading up to the coming of the Lord. Let me show you two headlines that really caught my attention over the past over this weekend. There was a strange virus. I've never heard of this before, ever. Apparently it was discovered in 2015, but this is the first time I've ever heard of it, and it claimed its first victim near Alaska's largest city. Uh let me pull this up. This is from Uh, This is from Express. Other outlets are also reporting this. Here it is. Quote, man dies from, here it is, mysterious Alaska pox disease. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Let me know in the comment section below. Alaska pox disease. They're calling this thing the first ever victim of this rare illness. Again, according to the reports, I'm gonna read this right here, a virus just discovered in 2015 has just claimed its first victim near Alaska's largest city.
3: Tonight, you know, state health leaders say an elderly Kenai Peninsula man has died with Alaska pox. Many of us are still learning about this virus for the first time. It's also part of the same family of viruses that includes smallpox and monkey pox. Joe Codata is just back from speaking with the state epidemiologist. Update us now and help us understand this disease. Joe? Mike, the state public health leader says this is the first time they've found Alaska pox in someone who's died. In this case, they confirmed it was an elderly Kenai Peninsula man. The state says that man died last week is the first Alaska pox case ever confirmed outside of the Fairbanks area. That's why this is now more so of a statewide issue. The virus was first found in Fairbanks in 2015, and that's where the other five cases were also found and confirmed before last week's death. Now health officials are investigating and educating clinics and hospitals across the state what to look for, including what can look like a spider bite.
4: Alaska pox is a type of orthopox virus, um, and these are Viruses that are usually just found within animal reservoirs, so wild animals, that can occasionally spill over to infecting humans.
3: And the state telling me they will not be able to officially confirm that this is an Alaska pox-caused death until an autopsy is completed.
0: Meanwhile, an Oregon resident has become the second human since 2015 to contract a the bubonic plague.
4: Oregon health officials have confirmed a resident has been infected with the state's first case of the bubonic plague. This is first time since 2015 the resident likely infected by a symptomatic pet cat. What's the messaging here?
7: Yeah, again, domestic animals. The message is, again, I don't think there's anything for the general public to be concerned about. We know that in Western Kansas, we have cases of this infection, which is caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis. We know that in Colorado, in the Four Corners area of the nation, there are uh, incidental reports of these infections, this bacterial infection that goes on. I think the main thing is really understand your animals, treat your animals. Likely what they believe is this patient's uh, pet cat maybe got infested with fleas, and that is how this patient ended up getting it if, if the cat uh, had fleas and maybe bit this patient, which then transferred the infection. If you remember the Black Plague, a lot of it was due to infested fleas on rats and mice that were then um, Uh, biting the human. So I think it's important, if you have animals, you have to be responsible for them. Uh, Treat your animals with anti-flea and tick medicine on a regular basis, and just be aware of that as well. But in general, this is a bacterial infection that we have good antibiotics to, and it's important that if you start to develop symptoms of illness, really seek treatment right away.
0: Now look, this is not cool when we're all on edge, because... The W.E.F. and the W.H.O. and the CDC and all the elites and the groups and they're all telling us and warning us that it's not a matter of if, but when. And we need to be prepared for the mystery disease X. Have they not been telling us that? Have they not been warning us that? So when you see headlines like this, it gets you a little bit on edge. But don't miss it, guys. We got to stay in the Bible. We got to stay in that word. And Jesus said that we're not to be alarmed and caught off guard when we see these things because he said there will be pestilences and plagues come on, leading up to the coming of the Lord. All right, I got two more stories I want to share with you today. Here's one from, this is a report from Michael Snyder. Listen to this. Israeli defense forces, they've just carried out airstrikes against Damascus, Syria. Again, Damascus, Syria, if you know Isaiah 17, has a prophecy hanging over it. And the Israeli defense forces have just carried out a massive airstrike pounding Damascus. And Syria has responded saying that, quote, it is ready for war with Israel. All of this, and it just so happens, consequently, while that's going on, Egypt has threatened to suspend key peace treaty. If Israel continues to push into the border town, let me say that again, Egypt. Is threatening to suspend key, a key peace treaty with Israel if Israel continues to push a, 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 in this pursuit there in this border town here of Egypt. Saudi Arabia has also come forward and is warning Israel of very serious repercussions for storming Rafah. So we can see, guys, the concoction of all this stuff happening in the Middle East. It's brewing, it's just, it's like a big pot of stew and it's being stirred up the nations the kingdoms the you know all of the players are being stirred up saudi arabia egypt israel syria iran uh turkey all of these key players now it's interesting this snyder pointed out here he said if you've not been paying attention to this you need to start doing it And he went on to say that, quote, I believe that a great Middle East war will be one of the conflicts that defines World War Three. That's very strong words, but this is what he wrote in his blog, in his recent blog. And anyone that has a brain, they understand prophecy, they understand these things. Again, we understand that according to Isaiah chapter 17, something has to transpire that results in the outcome of Damascus becoming a ruinous heap. So it's like one more step closer on the prophetic stepping stones of leading up to this event being fulfilled. Now I want to shift gears. I'm going to show you another creepy report this week. And of course, it is China again. The world's first AI child has just been unveiled at an exhibition. This child called Tong Tong currently speaks and behaves like a three or four year old. Because according to the report, it possesses, listen to this, tell me this is not terrifying. It possesses the emotional development and cognitive ability of a three to four year old human child. Again, China's scientists have developed the first one and only, for the moment, don't think it will be the last, AI child that possesses the emotional development and cognitive ability of a three or four year old home and ch- a human child. Now, stop. I want to go back to this. But I'm going to tell you uh, something that really creeped me out about this. I happened to watch. I didn't watch all of it because honestly, it was kind of boring to me. And I turned it off about halfway through. I watched this uh, new movie that came out recently called The Creator. Uh, I think this was on Hulu. You could have watched it. Uh, I watched it and honestly, it just did, did, didn't do much for me. It was just boring to me. The plot, everything, it was just very slow uh, for me. Again, you may like it, it, whatever. But the the whole plot of this is a mysterious robotic entity was the big villain in the most recent Mission Impossible film. And AI is also central to the ambitious but muddled new science fiction drama, the creator. Now in this movie, there is this child who is half human and half AI. And it's, uh, and it's the creepiest thing you'll ever see. And I thought of this when I read this actual report from China, creating this AI child, I thought of this movie and here I said here and I thought to myself, here we go again with this predictive programming. This conditioning of society to embrace and accept things that are presented as Hollywood fiction that ends up being true, ends up being real, ends up being a real life scenario. And sure enough, here we are with this AI child. Tong Tong, which means little girl, is the name given to it by scientists at the Beijing Institute for General Artificial Intelligence. The AI child debuted last month at the Frontiers of General Artificial Intelligence Technology Exhibition. How would you like to have been a fly on the wall in that? If you think this is terrifying, God only knows what is going on behind closed doors. I've said that for years. This is where it engaged with visitors and demonstrated its, quote, human-like qualities. Tom-Tong is limited to the digital realm, yet even virtually constrained it possesses emotional intelligence it has a vocabulary of more than 600 words and has the ability to learn autonomously like a child it speaks and behaves like a three to four year old human right now but and i'm going to show you this guys but since it's always learning its capabilities are expected to increase that won't keep you up at night will it I'm telling you, guys, everything, the things of your nightmares are being made in China. Listen, it gets even better. According to its inventors, Tong Tong also exhibits an emotional involvement level never before seen in AI programs. Let me say that one more time because I know I stumbled over my words there. This new AI child that was been revealed by China, created by the inventors there, is said to exhibit an emotional involvement level that has never been seen in AI programs ever. Tong Tong possesses a mind and strives to understand the common sense taught by humans. Look at this. Quote, she discerns right from wrong, expresses her attitudes in various situations, and has the power to shape the future. Yeah, I bet she does. When you read on, it says the most unsettling aspect. You know, it's going to be bad when they say that. The most unsettling aspect of Tong Tong, however, is its purported ability. Look at this to experience and communicate its own joy, anger and sorrow. Oh, hey, what do you know? Google. Remember the dude that you guys fired? Because he was a whistleblower and said that you guys were developing AI technology that had the ability to be able to reason and think and have emotions. And you said, oh, he's just a nut job. We need to shut him down and shut him up like you do. Every other truther out there, every blog, every podcast, every uh, every, uh, ministry and everybody else that is whistleblowers and speaks the truth and reveals facts and reveals things that are what's really going on. And you label us and mark us and 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 gaslight us and ridicule us and make us look like tin foil hat conspiracy theorists well look at this here we are in china i mean they're these guys are not even blushing about this they're not shy about it we we try to put it under we try to sweep it under the rug and fire people and and try to make them look like nut jobs but china's just coming out right out in the open and say yeah we got it yeah, we're making it. We're creating it, and we we've got AI that has the ability to think and reason and show emotion and evolve and grow. Not only can Tong Tong recognize objects and people and and act in a way that is very likely and it, that is very like that of a young child, but it can also imitate a child's behavior right down to the unadulterated feelings and natural responses. Folks, don't tell me that the technology. Of the beast is not here in our generation. Don't tell me that we do not have the technology at our capability and at our disposal to produce and create what we read about in Revelation 13 with an icon, an econi in Greek, an image that will both speak and live and speak to the masses of people, commanding them to worship the Antichrist. Friends, it's here. We are are even at the door. I leave you with always Luke twenty one twenty eight. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing near. Guys, do me a favor. Like this, share this, subscribe, hit the bell notification, push this out. Let everybody know, invite them into the broadcast, invite them to show, uh, share the Apple podcast, share the Spotify podcast, download our free app available on Apple and Android. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be squared away. You're going to be ready to go at your fingertips. All you listen, every one of you guys that have friends and family and coworkers and neighbors and whatever that love our ministry, they know who we are, but they will not leave Facebook. You listen, throw them the life jacket. Say, hey, we're on YouTube, we're on Rumble, we're on Telegram, we're all over the place. You're, you're just going to have to get off, you're going to have to get out of your a safe zone. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, which is Facebook, that is a sinking ship. It's the Titanic that has hit the iceberg. Everybody knows this. It's only a matter of time till this thing sinks and it's gone. So we're throwing you out life jackets, guys, to keep up with our ministry. Please, again... Find us on Telegram. Come over to your YouTube while we're here. We're on Rumble. We've got a chat group on our website. We're going to do, listen, if I have to, I'll get my tech department. We'll, we'll make something. We'll create something. There'll always be alternatives. Don't, again, don't miss the life jacket that we're throwing out. Again, and I'm, and and again, of course, guys, if this ministry is a blessing to you, you would love to, uh, uh, to support us. Everything we do is free. There's no charge to you. The, the app is free. The website's free. There's no subscription fee. There's no merchandise. Our, our 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 messages are free. All we ask is that you pray about becoming a monthly partner. And you can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. That's the easiest way. Um, go down to the bottom where it says donate. Click there. Or you can go to the main website, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. You can you can go there and you can give electronically or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen and make it out to end time headlines. P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia, three zero six five five. As always, guys, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Listen, want to give you um, a program alert real quick. Uh, We will not be on here tomorrow. We typically do Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, do Thursday and Friday. But again, just like last week, we'll be on here tonight. We'll be off tomorrow. We'll be back on, Lord willing, Wednesday. Thursday, we'll be on with Bishop Larry Raglan on his program, but we'll air it here as well. And then Friday night. So let me say that one more time. Tonight, tomorrow night, we're off. On, that'll be Tuesday, February 13th. We'll be back Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. We'll be back. And then we'll be again Thursday. The 15th, we'll be on with uh, Bishop Larry Ragland on The Big Picture. Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Then we'll be back Friday the 16th, again, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you love our content, you love what we're doing, again, keep up with this. Again, uh, we appreciate you. We love you guys. And we're going to sign off for tonight. But we'll see you guys on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit intimeheadlines.org.